0: You're listening to the Nurture Project podcast with Sophie Dale. So today I am really pleased to be talking to Christy Tenery Spaulding. And when I first came across Christy's website, I saw the tagline, which was sustainable anti-capitalist self-care in service of collective liberation. And I thought, I need to talk to her. So Christy, welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here.
0: Um, before we dive into all things self-care, um, could we kind of rewind a little bit and um, you tell us about the journey that brought you to doing this work? Yeah,
1: absolutely. It It's really been, in some ways, kind of a 20-year journey. I started out as an activist in my teens when I was in high school, and And that was kind of the first piece of the puzzle of what you see now um, was my journey as an activist. And what I realized over probably the first 15 to 17 years of that activism was that we as activists are really terrible at taking care of ourselves. We're really good at taking care of everybody else, for fighting for all of these causes, and you know i i have worked as an activist in a bunch of different contexts from you know grassroots scrappy collectives to giant nonprofits where i have been negotiating policies with fortune 500 companies and regardless like what i noticed in in my community of activists in my friends in my chosen family is that we are really terrible at taking care of ourselves and the work that we do is too important, too heartbreaking, not to be engaging with self care. And, and so as part of my journey, I started out as an activist, I got training as a yoga teacher and as a meditation instructor, and I'm a Buddhist. And all of that was really for my own personal self care journey in a lot of ways. And then it was really only maybe five or six years ago, that I really started to bring those two spheres of myself together. And that's kind of what you see in my work right now, is this activist side of myself, um, who's kind of recruiting people to the cause of self-care, but then also this this background that I have as as a yoga teacher, as a meditation teacher, and and as somebody who's been through this journey myself.
0: And when we get to to thinking about the self-care itself, I am guessing that when you say self-care, you don't or you don't exclusively mean bubble baths and pedicures and the the kind of self-care that is sold to us. Um, So can you talk a little bit about what what self-care does mean to you?
1: Yeah, so I think, and and this is the reason why I use the word sustainable and anti-capitalist in front of self-care is I think that there is this this thing that has happened with self-care where Capitalism is like, yeah, we can sell that. Great, no problem. Like, we can sell you all the stuff that you need for your bubble baths and your pedicures. And here, do you feel sad? Buy this thing. And for me, self care is so much more about compassionate presence with myself in any given moment, slowing down and really learning to make friends with the moment, learning to make friends with myself in a way that I don't need to buy a whole bunch of shit. Pardon my French because I'm I'm already friends with myself and friends with this moment and okay in all of that. And so and that's really the, the biggest blow that we can deal to capitalism is learning to be okay with ourselves. And so yeah, I take a bath every night. I I wrote this like Semi viral blog post a bunch of years ago, like railing against bubble baths. And now I'm the person who takes (laughs) a bath every single night. But I don't do it from a place of like trying to numb out what I'm feeling or using that bath as a way to kind of like escape my life. I really use it as a tool to support my body, to support my emotional self, to support my spiritual self, and to carve out this time for myself that is exclusively mine where I am not being useful or productive to anything or anyone. And again, like the more we can embrace like not being
0: productive, yes.
1: <laughs> um, again, like the bigger a blow we're dealing to capitalism.
0: Absolutely. And, and also I think, um, I mean, my work is with writers. Um, yeah. And I think writers tend to feel like it's so hard to carve out the time for writing. That If they yeah. do manage to carve any time out of all of the other responsibilities they have in their life, they feel they should spend the whole time sitting hunched over a laptop or over their notebook or whatever, writing, writing, writing. When in mm-hmm. fact, I think it's the reason I'm doing this whole project of um, interviewing people such as yourself at the moment is that I, I kind of think it's the missing link. It's, it's one of the things that keeps people from being creative is they're not giving themselves the time to slow down and, and just stop for a while and be. And that's that's kind of getting in the way of being able to be creative because creativity isn't something, it's not some kind of button that you can just press when you're ready to press it and then it will go away until you're ready to come back to it. Um, and so, yeah, I think that, that kind of sense that you're talking about of seeing self-care as a way of not having to be productive and, and slowing down and tuning into yourself um, is really is really key to that. Um, you said something, um, I can't remember if it was uh, in an Instagram post or a blog post or something like that, but something about self-care um, supporting us to stand in our power. And I wondered if that was something you could expand upon because I think that's another really interesting element to self-care.
1: Yeah. I mean, so one quick note is that I'm also a writer. This is kind of like the third pillar of my origin story. If we were doing like the superhero origin story, um, I, I was a creative writing major in college and I'm a poet and a writer. And, and for sure, I think that self-care is something that I see as like essential to the creative process because we need that time to like integrate and, and digest and and i think that that's true for for standing in our power also we have a world that we live in that is really stacked against us in so many ways and and so when i see people you know struggling with self-care or struggling with time or struggling in any way you know the first thing i want to say is like it's not your fault. Like we live in a world that is, that is really like pretty gnarly in a bunch of ways and, and that benefits from us not standing in our power. Like the powers that be are, are benefiting from us believing that we are small and insignificant and that we can't affect change. And I think what self-care does at its best is kind of kind of flips that narrative on its head and, and flips that script to say, no, I, I, I am a whole powerful human being all on my own. Um, I don't need to buy something. I don't need to learn anything else. I don't need to be anything else but myself in order to be powerful. And for me, when I am well-resourced, when I am, you know, following the things that for me fill me up and, and look like and feel like self-care to me, um, that's when I can affect the most change. I can't, I can't affect change well if I am depleted and exhausted and, you know, feeling really down on myself. When, I, when I'm well-resourced, I remember like, oh yeah, I'm actually a force to be reckoned with. And I have things to say, and I have important things to do to really move the needle. And, and, and so that's what self-care in service of standing in my power looks like.
0: Mm, no, I love that. And I really do think that another thing that I see holding back people who want to write is, is having that sense of smallness, like not feeling that their voice is important enough to write a whole book um yeah. and um so i think that getting back in touch with what it feels like as you say to, to be really well resourced and and to to be able to um most fully live into your potential because you have the resources to do that um, is one step I mean it it doesn't undo imposter syndrome and and so on and perfectionism and all the other things that get in in the way of people feeling ready to write their book but it it is one really big step that people can take Um, I'm curious I'm sure um, that part of the point of your work is to help people to uncover their own self-care but um, would you be able to talk to us a little bit um, about the things that are important for you personally for your self-care
1: yeah, it's, so I, I don't know if you and your listeners have done the like five love languages quiz. Um, I've, um, I've done it, yeah. I, I found that like endlessly useful, um, not just in, you know, my marriage and my relationships with my friends and all of that, but I find that really useful in thinking about my self care as well. Um, it's kind of like my love language with myself. And so mine is quality time. Um, Hence my, my nightly baths where no one's allowed to bother me. Mm -hmm. Um, And, and so that for me really unlocked a big piece of like, okay, so if quality time is how I give and receive love, then in an ideal world, how would I fill that quality time? And one of the things for me is for sure spending time in nature. I started out as an environmental activist, and so it reminds me of kind of the root of the love that brought me to that work. It reminds me of what I'm fighting for, and and it nourishes me on a really deep kind of soul level. Um, creativity and spending time creating something is also what self-care looks like for me i'm a writer i'm a knitter um i spent yesterday afternoon making salsa from the tomatoes in my garden so when i'm making something i'm really happy and and so making a nature and i guess moving my body and my mindfulness practice which for me kind of go hand in hand again my yoga practice my meditation practice those are the things that feel like self-care to me. It feels like a really deep investment in myself. And again, a a deep investment in interacting with the moment in a friendly way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and so that's what self-care kind of looks like for me. I'm, I'm the mom of a three-year-old. So like tons of self-care and like, especially the like Instagrammable self-care, the like pedicures and whatnot. It's like not really what's happening in my life right now, but getting out for a hike once in a while, moving my body, sitting in meditation for 10 minutes, knitting in the corner while my kid is playing. Like those are all things that are really possible. And, and I try to lean into what's possible and not what's aspirational.
0: Absolutely. And that actually leads into um, my next question, which um, if somebody who's listening to this is feeling like, yes, this all sounds great, but actually in the moment they're really burnt out, really overwhelmed, what would be one kind of doable, small shift that you would suggest in those circumstances to be kind of the first step to take?
1: yeah i i get this question a lot and and it always starts out the same way of like that sounds great but <laughs> and and the thing that i suggest is instead of focusing on what isn't possible focusing on what is and and i think for a lot of us who are under you know tremendous time constraints um particularly if you're a parent of small children and like you're in a phase of life where like your time is truly not your own. Um, A, I get that totally. And B, I, it sounds weird for me to say this, but my advice is like lower your expectations. Um, And like focus on what's the, instead of focusing on like what's the biggest thing you could do with this time that you have, focus on like what's the smallest possible thing you could do right now. And and this is the advice that's probably the hardest for people to take (laughs) is like, is is shrinking their self-care down so that it's really doable. And so what is that for you? Is it literally closing your eyes and taking one single breath? Is it drinking a glass of water? But like with the greatest amount of love and compassion and attention for yourself that you can bring. So it can be super, super tiny, and at the same time, it's, it's the intention and the attention that really matters. I remember when my, my kid was um, a tiny baby, and I would get you know five or 10 minutes to myself, and I would, I would make it a challenge to myself of like, what's the tiniest thing I could do right now, and how much of myself can I bring to that? And so I remember standing in my my bathroom at one point and I was brushing my teeth with like the most love that anyone has ever brushed their teeth. (laughs) And it's like in in ordinary life, nobody's going to look at like brushing their teeth as self-care. Like that's like just maintenance, throwaway kind of stuff. But how much love can you bring to that?
0: Mm, I love that. And it also actually oddly reminds me of... When I'm talking to people who are really finding it difficult to build a, a writing practice um, for themselves, the thing that they always resist is the advice to to just go really small and write a tiny amount every day. Um, and yet, if you can manage to do that, and as you say, if you can bring your attention and your focus, even if it's just for five or 10 minutes, mm-hmm. then it's, it's as if it kind of opens a doorway in your mind to your creativity. Um, and means that almost the rest of your day it's, it's like your head is in the background doing some of the writing for you so that the next yeah. time you sit down it, it's kind of there and ready and waiting um, and it's there's something of the same quality of idea to, to that um, that it's just taking a small amount of time but really really being there being present for that moment in time um, and I think the brilliance of that is, as you say, even if you do have a newborn, or even if your life is just so chock-a-block um, that it's inconceivable that you could find, you know, three hours that you could set aside for a home spa or something like that. Um, you can My kid would be in there
1: like painting the walls with whatever I was using for my home spa exactly (laughs) (laughs) and I'd be like you know what kid point taken that actually looks really fun
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's true too um so um Christy if people um are inspired by um this conversation to to want to find out more about um your approach to self-care where would be the best place for them to um find out more
1: yeah, so I can be found at com, t e n d i n g that's a portmanteau of my last name and um I I run a free kind of mini course called the unburnout unchallenge so if you are feeling very burned out or overwhelmed or whatever it is this is an unchallenge where I actually challenge you to spend no more than 10 minutes a day during this mini course on the materials you can do more obviously i'm not going to come to your house and like police you about it but i really invite you to make this a bite-sized kind of practice and you can find that over at my website it's christytendingcom slash unburnout
0: perfect thank you um, and thank you very much for today's conversation
1: thank you so much this was great
0: Thank you for listening to the Nurture Project podcast. If you enjoyed this, please make sure to check out the other episodes.